Today's scripture reading comes from Daniel chapter 2, verses 26 to 49. The king declared to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream that I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered the king and said, No wise men, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show the king the mystery that the king has asked. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. To you, O king, as you lay in bed came thoughts of what would be after this, and he who reveals mysteries made known to you what is to be. But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me not because of any wisdom that I have more than all the living, but in order that the interpretation may be made known to the king, and that you may know the thoughts of your mind. You saw, O king, and behold a great image. The image, mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of the image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, and the might, and the glory, and into whose hand he has given, wherever they dwell, the children of man, the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heavens, making you rule over them all, you are the head of gold." Another kingdom inferior to you shall arise after you, and yet a third kingdom of bronze which shall rule over all the earth. And there shall be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And like iron that crushes, it shall break and crush all these. And as you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom. But some of the firmness of iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with the soft clay." And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. As you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, so they will mix with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. A great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation sure. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel, and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, Truly your God is a God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king gave Daniel high honors with many and many gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. 
Daniel made a request of the king, and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained in the king's court. I'm not sure if y'all know this, but uh, we're approaching an election year, aren't we? Yeah. And as we enter into that 2024 election year, there's this thing called political ads on television. I'm sure we all love seeing them, right? Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, The thing about political ads is that they often express certainty about certain things, right? Usually they, they sound something like this, that my candidate will save America or my opponent will destroy America. That's essentially what the ads come down to. And whether those things are true or not, there's something that these statements communicate that is problematic. You see, hearing statements like these can lead us to forget who is really in charge. While it's very important that we vote and work to preserve our democracy, the truth is, no leader can be our Messiah. Only Jesus can be our Messiah. And he is the one we are called to rely on. And so statements like these can lead us to forget the one who's truly in charge, regardless of who rules anywhere at any given time. The Lord is in charge And that will never change. So let's set the scene of our scripture this morning. Early in chapter 2, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon has a dream that troubles him, a dream that has come from the Lord. But no one can tell Nebuchadnezzar what it means until Daniel prays to the Lord and the Lord reveals it to him, who then reveals it to King Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar dreamed of this large, dazzling, and frightening statue. The statue was made of different metals. The head was of gold, the chest and arms of silver, the middle and thighs of bronze, and the legs of iron and feet of iron and clay. And in the dream, the statue is struck at its feet by a stone not cut by human hands. The feet are broken to pieces, then the rest of the statue till not a trace of it is left. The stone that struck the statue, though, becomes a great mountain that fills the whole earth. Now, if we had a dream like this, we would probably think, man, I had some really weird bean dip last night. However, this is a revelation of the Lord. And what often happens in Scripture, visions and dreams and prophecies are filled with symbolism. And that is very true here. Daniel shares that these different metals making up this statue represent different kingdoms. The head of gold is King Nebuchadnezzar and his kingdom, the Babylonian Empire. And Daniel says that God is the one who gave Nebuchadnezzar his kingdom, his power, his might, his glory, and dominion. That Nebuchadnezzar did not get this himself. Nebuchadnezzar may see himself as the ultimate authority, but he's not. God is the one who has given him his dominion, and God can take it away at any time. The other metals then represent kingdoms that will come after Babylon. Silver, bronze, iron, each one following Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. And what this shows us is that kingdoms, rulers, 
they come and go until one day a new sort of kingdom will come. A kingdom fashioned by God himself. A kingdom that will smash every other one to bits. God's kingdom will erase them all and his perfect kingdom will fill the whole earth. And unlike any other empire, his kingdom shall stand forever. It will be a kingdom that shall never be destroyed nor left to another people. And as we read in the rest of scripture, this kingdom will be one where God rules and all is set right. Be a place where the people of God who have trusted in Jesus will dwell with him forever with no more crying, mourning, or pain, never to hunger or thirst again in his presence forever. Will we return to the paradise we lost in Eden all because of Jesus? And so what God has shown King Nebuchadnezzar is what will happen following his kingdom and leading up to God's kingdom being established on earth forever. And so if someone were to come up to you and say, well, who's in charge here? The answer would be the Lord. The Lord is in charge. God reveals the future to Nebuchadnezzar because God is the one in charge of history. He is sovereign over every king and kingdom. He's sovereign over the rise and fall of rulers. And he is directing events that will lead to the establishment of his eternal kingdom. Nebuchadnezzar is a powerful king in charge of a very powerful empire, but his power is nothing compared to the Lord's. And so God is in charge, and God will establish his kingdom. And I want to state that that message is actually more important than figuring out which kingdoms each of the medals on the statue represent. The truth is that kingdoms come and go. Rulers rise and rulers fall. But the only ruler, the only king that stands forever is the Lord. And he is where we place our trust. He is the only one we can rely on at all times because he is always faithful. Now, there is debate, though, about what kingdoms these medals of this statue represent. So we'll talk about them just for a quick second. Some would say that uh, each medal uh, descending would represent Babylon, then the Medo-Persian Empire, then the Greek Empire, and then the Roman Empire. Others would say they represent Babylon, then the kingdom of the Medes, then the kingdom of the Persians, and then Greece. Others may say that really, these are representative of all nations that come and go until Christ's second coming. But the key truth is that this story tells us the remarkable truth that God's kingdom is coming, that there is hope in this cycle of kingdoms rising and falling, that there is an endpoint. And that endpoint is good. That endpoint is dwelling with the Lord. And so God's kingdom is coming. And on the one hand, that kingdom that the stone represents in the dream has already arrived. Jesus announced its arrival. Following the end of the Greek Empire, during the time of the Roman Empire, his ministry began. Mark 1, 14 to 15, he says, The time is fulfilled, 
and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The reign of God in the hearts of followers of Jesus has outlasted every kingdom since. And despite countless years of persecution right up until this day, God's kingdom endures. It's here on earth invisible, but in the hearts of all who follow him. And yet as that stone in the vision grew into a mountain that filled the earth, so too God's kingdom is still coming and still growing. And the fullness of God's kingdom, the visibility of that kingdom, arrives at Jesus' second coming, where no other kingdom will remain but his. Revelation 21, 1-8 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. This is where history is headed for all who have put their trust in Jesus alone for salvation. God's visible kingdom, a new heaven and a new earth. And even now, God is in charge and he is directing all things according to his purposes. And so the question remains, do we trust that God is the one in charge? That he's in charge no matter who rules anywhere at a given time? That he is the one who raises up and deposes rulers? That he is in charge no matter how difficult our lives get? That he is faithful and will be with us, his people, even when hard times come? Because this truth affects where we place our trust. Not in any human being, but in the Lord. It affects how we view power. That God is the one with the ultimate power. And it reminds us that we don't have to give in to the fear-mongering that we see on pretty much any topic imaginable that the media presents to us. Because God is in charge and God is faithful and God is with us, his people. He is our savior, he is our hope, and he will always be. In every fear, every hurt, every anxiety, every pain, he is present and he is faithful. And so let us trust always in the Lord, for he is the one in charge. Let us pray. Lord, you know that we live in tumultuous times. It can be stressful and frightening and, and crazy. But Lord, we pray that you would help us to remember you are sovereign. You are in charge. You are faithful to your people no matter what.
and we can rely on you, and you are the place where we need to rely. Because everyone else, everything else will fail us, but you never will. Lead us in your ways. Help us to trust you more and more each day. In Jesus' name, amen.